to the book of Philippians, chapter 3. We'll begin at verse 12, and we will end over at chapter 4, verse 1. Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 12, and over and including chapter 4, verse 1. Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us all of us who are mature think, think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have seen in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame, and they are focused on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. So then, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown, in this manner, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. May we pray this morning. The challenge of the passage before us, dear Lord, as it comes from the lips of your choice servant, I pray will impact our hearts, encourage our faith, strengthen our walk, and bring about a resolve that the earth could see that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is coming again. It's good to be home good to be with people that we love. It's good to mow my lawn. It's good to stand before these people again. And though we have been away by distance, our hearts have not been away. And I'm glad to see, Lord, that prayers have been answered as vacation Bible school seemed to be like a lot of fun. I trust it impacted the lives of these children and those who serve them. It was great to see, O oh Lord God, at your word and to hear your word as it was brought forth by my son. And as he speaks this morning, 
I ask for anointing of his lips. I ask for the clearance of our ears. And I ask for the receptivity of our hearts. For it will be your word that will be proclaimed. And I thank you, O Lord God, that you are still mighty to save. And we're glad that we worship a Savior. Not made by clay of hands of man. Not fashioned in a way of silver or gold or wood but a Savior that came and left the glories of heaven and dwelt amongst men, ministered for three and a half years, suffered the pains of the cross, and yet rose victoriously from the grave and has given us a promise that one day we will be with him in glory. And and all of this world's darkness cannot even begin to overshadow the glory of what yet awaits us. So we thank you. And it is our privilege even this morning to pray for some of our congregation who could not be with us. Our congregation has been affected by lives of people. And Lord, it is good for us to be able to lift them before you. We lift up to you our dear sister Dawn Lenker and ask, O oh God, as she needs strength from you. She's in the Williamsport Hospital. I pray, O oh God, for a continued outflow from your throne to her soul, that you would encourage her and strengthen her. We know that her family members are concerned, and we too also find ourselves in the same situation. So we pray, O God, that by your grace and according to your will, that you would strengthen her, that you would lift her up from her bed of affliction, and that you would cause her again to be able to come and to join us and worship. I pray for the doctors and the nurses that minister to her, Bring to them, Lord, the wisdom that they need in order to minister properly to her case of weakness. We also are too reminded of sorrow. I pray for the for Brian and Judy and their family, the Boyer family, the loss of their father and grandfather the patriarch of the family. I pray, God, that as the service is held on Tuesday, that there would be hope that would come from the lips of him who will be sharing. But I pray, Lord, for strength, for hearts and depths of soul that are longing and are hurting. I ask that you would bless them, God, and strengthen them. Then, Lord, we remember, too, a young man that attends our youth group, Isaac Hackenberg, and his health condition that he has most recently diagnosed with cancer of the liver. But he's anticipating, and his family's anticipating, 
a biopsy that's going to be done on the 11th of August down in Pennsylvania in the Pennsylvania uh, Hospital, University of Pennsylvania Hospital. I ask, oh God, for clarity of purpose, a sure diagnosis that would allow doctors to know and understand what really needs to be done. But I pray that you would minister to his family, that you would, O oh Lord God, come close to them and walk with them in this time of confusion, this time of loss, of wondering what's the next step. Lord, I pray that you would walk with them and make the path straight. They would find comfort in your word for the wisest man that walked this earth as a human. Solomon wrote, your word is a light unto my path. And I pray that you would use your word to lighten their feet, lighten their load, to enlighten their path of what they are to do in this particular situation. And would you bring about, O oh Lord God, a resolve that everyone would understand that it is your glory that shines through. And all of these requests this morning, and many more, I'm sure, that our congregation has that have not been verbalized, but yet they're holding close to their hearts. And God, I pray that you would strengthen them, that you would bring about a resolve that gloriously shows forth the very power of our great God who can move mountains, who's mighty to save. That's who you are. So now we come, O oh Lord God, to the time of listening to you. You'll be speaking through a choice servant. And I pray, O oh Lord, that his words will be your words, his thoughts would be your thoughts. And it would be our heart's desire to come alongside and as the Apostle Paul says, forgetting those things behind, I press toward the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. And may that be our passion. And may your word speak to that this morning as Pastor Steve comes and shares that you would receive the glory and the honor and the power and the blessing both now and forevermore. Amen. Good morning, Grace. Good to see each and every one of you here this morning. A uh, few quick announcements before we continue. There is youth group tonight. No one else is excited. That's okay. Uh, no, youth group here, we're going to be outside, hopefully. It's absolutely gorgeous this morning, amen? Let's just hold on to that for a few more hours, please. Uh, we'll be out here. Uh, we're going to be doing some tie-dye shirts for anybody who is coming to the youth rally next week. Um, and uh, the youth rally, there's information on that through email. And if you have any questions about it, please 
ask me, but every year we go to this thing, we as a youth group tie-dye shirts together so everybody knows we're all the weird ones. Um, and that's, that's what we do. So we'll be up here doing that. That's available and ready. Uh, if you are not planning to attend the youth rally and you still come tonight, I got a shirt for you. You can still tie-dye one. That's fine. It'll be fun. Uh, so uh, that's happening tonight. We'd love to have you at um, and all that kind of stuff. If you can't make it tonight, but you are planning on, on coming to the youth rally, let me know. I'll get you one made up, one of those shirts. It'll be perfect. Also, big thing to know, if you are going into seventh grade, now's your invitation to youth. No one else is excited about that either. Uh, so from sixth grade into seventh, you are welcome to attend tonight. All of August is, is your invitation to come and start getting into youth and into the swing of all that that we do. So uh, so please, please remind, remember that, and we'd love to have you. So for the last two weeks, we've been in a discussion about worship. Two weeks ago, we talked about we, we worship God for what he's done, right? And we, we remembered in our own lives where God has shown up. And we looked through scripture and we looked at other different saints throughout all of scripture who had these things where they were in a rough spot and God brought them out. And then last week, we, worship, we, we talked about how we worship God for who he is. And we recognize that he is the only one worthy of our worship and the only one worthy of our hearts. So this week we're, we're going to move forward and we're going to talk about how we worship God for what he will do. You see what we've done so far? We've gone past, present, and now we're going future. Isn't that fun? I like the little box. It's nice. Right, and we read in Philippians 3 about what God has promised and what we are striving for. So just real quickly, hopefully you still have your Bibles open to Philippians chapter 3. I want to I highlight a few verses here. We're going to start in verse 12 and, and read down to verse 14 again. It starts, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. You see, what Paul is talking about is his life is an act of worship. The way he lives is an act of worship. He says he presses on to achieve the goal. And what is that goal? It's perfection. Jesus has told us, he told his disciples, I require you to be perfect because your God in heaven is perfect. Well, that's kind of a rough calling, isn't it? Who's, who's made it there? Anybody? Nobody's made it there yet. Well, we've got some work to do, I guess. Isn't that the point, though? I think that's a good thing. Good thing to know. You haven't made it there. So we're striving for a perfection that we also know we're probably not going to achieve. Right? 
You didn't see any of our senior saints raise their hands, am I right? If they know, then you got to know. You're not going to reach it. We got some amazingly godly people in this congregation, and if they say they aren't perfect, you're not going to reach it, guys. It's just the way it is. So why in the world is it something we're going to strive for? So we already know we're not going to reach it, but we say, but we're going to keep trying. Okay. Seems like a life of toil, doesn't it? How about, how about this? You show up at your work and your boss tells you, hey, uh, we're going to try to achieve this goal. We're never going to make it, but that's what we're going to shoot for. Okay, so when do we go home? See, we try to be better and better every single day. We strive to be closer to God, to add to our wisdom, to add to our knowledge of Christ and what it looks like to live a good life. That seems, you know, we say it that way, it's not so bad, right? Strive for perfection. It's, it's really uh, that we're just trying to be better every day uh, and that, you know, we're, we're trying to be closer to God and we're trying to build our wisdom, build our knowledge of Christ and what it looks like to have a good life. That sounds a lot easier, right? But in reality, what we're trying to do is we're trying to be perfect. So perfection we won't achieve. So let's try to answer this. Why in the world then? Why would we strive for this? Why would Paul say that's what he's striving for? Well, let's, let's try and answer it this way. Husbands, will you ever be a perfect husband? No matter what your wife tells you? No. Wives, you ever going to be a perfect wife? No. Moms and dads, are you ever going to be a perfect parent? No. Sorry, Mom. Sons and daughters, are you ever going to be perfect sons and daughters siblings you ever going to be a perfect brother or sister friends you ever going to be a perfect friend no no we're not but you know what that doesn't stop us from striving to be better does it i hope not i hope not I think, I think I mess up on average like three times a month as being a husband and a father, on average, right? Like to a point where I have to stop everything and go, I'm sorry, that was stupid, right? We take a moment to apologize and we take a moment to say, how can I do better? And, we, and hopefully we even put it within our prayers to say, Lord, I, I would really like your help in making myself a better husband, father, friend, brother, pastor. We still strive for perfection, even though we know at the very end, on average, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to mess up a few times a month. So why do we keep doing that? Take those situations. Why in the world would you keep trying to be a better family member, a better friend. It's because of the love that you have for the other person. 
It's the love that I have for my wife that I'm going to strive to be a better husband every single day. The love I have for my kids that I'm going to strive to be a better father every single day. The love that I have for my friends that I'm going to try and be a better friend every single day. It's the love that you have. So in the same way as Paul was talking about that we're going to keep striving for perfection in this life, it's not for what we can accomplish, but it is because of the love we have for God, for Jesus Christ. And it's easy, it should be easy for us to remember this because we can look back, just like we talked about, we can look back on our life and see what God has done for us, and we can say, oh, wow. He loves me pretty well. And we look, and we look at God, we can look at him through scripture, and we can say, wow, he's absolutely huge and awesome, and he, and he loves me very personally. It would be kind of difficult not to turn and say, I think I love God too. I'm going to try and be perfect. So we press on, as Paul says, and we allow our lives to be an act of worship. See, now, if you do this, you're going you're gonna to find yourself in, in, a, in a hopefully in a new situation, one that I'm just going to call, you're going to find yourself blessed. And the second you hear that word, the second you hear the word blessed, I'm sure a few things pop up in your mind. If we took a poll, we're not going to, uh, but, but possibly you might think, well, if I find myself blessed, then man, I don't really have to worry about bills anymore. Well, if I find myself blessed, I don't really have to worry about uh, uh, relationships anymore. They're all fixed. That's good. You find yourself blessed, you're going you're gonna to start thinking of all the hardships in your life, and you're going to start thinking, well, I don't have those anymore. That's kind of nice. I'll take that. Not too shabby. But see, as, as you live out this way, as you continue to strive to be perfect, you're going to start to be blessed beyond things you even thought to be asked for. You didn't even know you needed it. You're going to start to be blessed in ways that you didn't even know you had that need, and it's actually possible for us not to benefit from this. And it's our fault. It's important to know. I know I keep, I keep offering you guys something and then I take it away. Right? Guys, we're going to be blessed amazingly and you might miss it. God's going to give you something that you didn't even know you need and you might not even realize it. Well, how in the world can we not miss it? Well, let's talk about how, how we might miss these things. I have two possibilities. First off, it's possible for you to not believe that you are worthy of being blessed. And in so doing, you don't think it's ever going to come. And secondly, it's possible for you to think you are worthy of being blessed. And therefore, you have a wrong idea of what that might look like. Well, that's kind of a catch-22, isn't it? First to say, well, I'm not worthy. It's not going to come. But on the other hand, saying, oh, I'm totally worthy, and it's going to look like this. So we're missing something here. 
we got to talk these through just a little bit, right? So, first off, it is possible for us to not believe that we are worthy of being blessed, and therefore you don't think anything's coming. And that, that's what we're talking about, is that we are thinking that we are not worthy of God's love, so you don't believe you will receive it. I'm sure you've heard somebody say, no, I, I can't go to church. If I walk through there, I'll burst in the flames or something. No, God could never accept me. I'm too far gone. We've heard this. We've heard this from people somewhere. You know somebody. It might even be you. Maybe, maybe you, you come here and you put all kinds of sunscreen on before you walk through the door. I'm not sure. We do this between ourselves all the time, too, from person to person. I can remember, you know, through middle school and high school before I met, obviously long before I met Alex, uh, and, and before I had any girlfriends. I never asked anybody out. You can ask all of my friends. I never asked anybody out because the first thing I thought was, uh, I'm a little too weird for that. I think she'll probably just say no. So we don't even bother. We don't even try. That worked out pretty okay for me in that situation. But we do this within our families too. Oh, they're just going to say, no, I'm not going to ask for help. No, I'm not, I'm not going to ask for prayer. Just everybody will treat me different. No thanks. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ask for support in this. They'll say no. When we do this with God, what we are doing is we are forgetting what God has already done. We're forgetting about who God is. It's why we have to remember. We have to keep in mind all of the holidays we celebrate, what they mean. We have to continually allow our hearts to be in a, in a, a way of gratitude and thankfulness for what God has done. And it's important for us to remember about who God is. When you say to yourself, no, I can't, I'm not going to ask God for that. He's just going to say no. Would a loving father do that? Ask yourself. Because we know that he is. If you have your Bibles, just turn a few pages over to the right into uh, the book of Titus. Titus chapter 3. I, want, I just want to remind us of who God is. And what he has done. Titus chapter 3, uh, just in verse 3. Once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. So yeah, our, as we come to think, you know, maybe I'm not worthy of God's love. Here's the reality. You're right, you're not. But that's not who God is. 
He's already offered it. That's the reality. We're not worthy. We're not worthy at all for any blessing God might offer us. But God offered us loving grace found in the blood of his son and allows us to be counted as righteous and therefore counted as worthy. So no, we're not worthy, but God says, it's okay, I got it. I'll take care of that. That's some good news. I'll take that. Okay, well now let's look at the other hand here. I said it is possible, in the first hand, it is possible for us to believe that we are not worthy. In the second hand, it is possible for us to think that we are worthy of being blessed, and therefore we have a wrong idea of what it might look like. So we just heard that God says, yeah, I know you're not worthy, but I'm going to say you are. And so we go, oh, all right, well, then I'm worthy, and I would like to have. And we start making out a Christmas list. We start making out a list of, of ooh, that'd be nice. Oh, wouldn't that be, oh, if I could just have like a 35% raise at, at work, that'd be great. I'll put that on. Uh, you said I'm worthy, so. My kids haven't done that to me yet. Where they're like, but dad, you said you love us and we really want that stuffed animal of who knows what. Haven't done it yet. Thank you, God. So we think that we are worthy and therefore we start making some interesting demands. Right? And then when we start to think, well, it's going to look like this because this is what I'm asking for. When we get something different, we suddenly go, well, that's not what I wanted. And then we start sounding like the ungrateful child on Christmas morning. I'm sure none of you were like that. Nobody. So I'll tell you a story from, from my childhood, because no one else is like this. I can remember one year where we came down, presents like crazy around the tree, because there's eight of us in the family, so even if you only put like one present there for everybody, there's still a ton of presents under the tree. It's a big family. It's how it worked. And I went through and I opened up all my presents, and everything that was wrapped was some kind of dress shirt or, you know, dress pants, or socks, underwear, like all that kind of stuff. And everything that wasn't wrapped, because, you know, my parents had six kids. It took a long time to wrap everything. They just chose a few things that it, didn't, it doesn't need to be wrapped. Just put it out there. Everything that wasn't wrapped was the cool stuff. Like, I got a football and, and probably a Sega Genesis game. I don't remember any, all the, all the crazy stuff. But what I do remember is all of the stuff that I thought was really cool wasn't wrapped. And so when I went down and I was like, oh, oh I got there's really cool stuff. And then all the surprises were like, ugh. And I had the audacity to see my mother sitting in the kitchen after all was said and done and say, Mom, None of my toys were wrapped this year. I know, there's a groan. Mom didn't even get a chance to say anything. My sister Jess was sitting there 
and gave me such a tongue lashing and probably hit me with a few things and just on and on that I was like, okay, lesson learned. And the great thing is mom didn't even say anything. She just went, <laughs> didn't have to, right? So sometimes that's how we can react with the blessings that we get from God. We, we think it has to be this way. It has to be this. And then when we get something else, we go, well, that's not what I wanted. See, the reality, the reality is God isn't always going to give you the thing that you want. He's going to give you what's going to honor him. If you have your, your finger back in Philippians chapter 3, flip back there real quick. In verse 18 it says, For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. Paul saying, yeah, God, God's full of blessings, but look at what your requests are, and that's going to start to tell you where your heart is. If you have anybody in your life who's a, a financial planner, who's also a very godly financial planner, ask them about what they think of where people send their money. The second you understand about where you send your money, there's where your desires are. That, that simple. What do you want to support? What do you want to uphold? What do you want to have in your life? There's your heart. So what is it that we are looking for here? We've been talking about if we strive for perfection, we will be blessed. But we also talked about if you do it wrong, you're not going to reap the benefit here. So we go, oh, well, okay. So we, we should probably understand how we have to do this, right? Well, let's try to understand initially what is this blessing that we are being promised? Is when we strive for perfection, we said we're going to find ourselves blessed. Okay, so what is it? Hopefully, you might know this memory verse. You don't need to turn there because it's just one quick verse and it's, it's pretty well known. Uh, but Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. What is he promising? See, the more we strive for this perfection that we will never achieve, what, what Isaiah is telling us is that you won't grow weary. And we might think to ourselves, oh, okay, I don't mind sleeping. I guess that's okay. Let me, let me say it this way. The more you strive for perfection, you will not grow weary of the trials in your life. The more you strive for this perfection, you will not faint through the issues you run into. 
The, the more you strive for perfection, God will give you every strength you need to accomplish whatever is in front of you. In Philippians 4, all the way down to verse 8, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's how you strive for perfection. And the reason he says it is actually in the verse before it, in verse 7, where he says, Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. You strive for perfection. What the blessing is that you will receive is God's peace. And I'm not talking about some kind of inner peace. My, my kids and I, we just watched Kung Fu Panda last night, and they're always talking about inner peace. What that inner peace is, is being able to shut yourself off from the world. It's actually a very Gnostic view of what this world is. And that's not what we're talking about. I'm not talking about this inner peace that shuts you off from the rest of the world. What I'm talking about is an inner peace that actually connects you to a deeper understanding of what God is trying to do here. It is a peace that will allow you to step into fire and not be burned. It's a peace that will allow you to stand before darkness and not flinch. It is a peace that allows you to press on no matter what has happened to you. Because you know that God will triumph. And you know that you will share in that triumph. And in that, no matter what's going on, no matter what storm is outside, you will experience true goodness and true joy. That's God's peace. So this is what we worship God for. This is what he will do. It has nothing to do with what blessing you might think he's going to bestow on you some Christmas morning. The blessing you will receive is not a change in your bank account. It's not a change in your, your standing in community or your standing at your work. It is a change in your heart. And in that change in your heart, it would also change your life to where you will thrive in every situation. No, we are not going to be protected from any hardships to come, but we will be able to stand there and say, glory to God. So I, I hope your next question is, well, how do I get that? And the answer is, as Paul said in chapters 3 and 4, strive for perfection. Focusing on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Let your life be an act of worship.
And as you worship God, the only one who is deserving, the one who has brought you from every brink, and the one who will change your heart to give you the most amazing peace, you will align your heart with God. And suddenly your desires will match what God wants. And you'll start to see those blessings. And you'll even worship that much more. So no, maybe, maybe it isn't God will give you exactly what you want. But he will change your heart to where suddenly you will want what God wants. We'll see a victory. Brothers and sisters, my hope is that as God works in your heart, what you will experience is his victory in your life. Strive for that perfection and experience that amazing victory. And as we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we give all glory and honor to him, both now and forever. Amen. Go with God, people. Go in grace.